you are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G, D-O-D-G-E-R-S, team, 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 Hey Dodger fans, welcome to Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This is the daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. I am Jeff Snyder of Baseball Central. My partner, Vince Samperio of Chavez Ravine Fiends, will be along for the second half of this episode. We're doing a split episode. So, uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about the Dodgers dropping their first series of the season. Uh, they lost the last two games in the three-game series to the Rockies. Uh, so we're going to talk about the series, some of the pros and cons of the series, and that's the plan. But first, we want to remind you, please subscribe to Locked On Dodgers wherever you get your podcasts. And when you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. All right, so the Dodgers lost uh, the last two games. They, they were in both games. Uh, in Sunday's game, they actually had... I think they retook the lead after being behind three different times, but unfortunately, Matt Kemp hit a two-run homer that ended up being the difference maker off of Caleb Ferguson, and uh, they weren't able to come back. They put up a threat in the the ninth inning and had who they wanted up. They had first and second with two outs with Corey Seager up. Corey Seager had already hit two home runs in the game. Uh, Corey Seager is one of the best hitters in baseball, and unfortunately, uh, he lost that battleground at second base to end the game, and that was that. Uh, it was it was still, you know, I'm not going to say I'm happy the Dodgers lost the series because I'm definitely not, but uh, there would be some sort of added pressure if they went into the postseason without any series losses. Uh, obviously, you know, they, it's probably rationalizing at this point. I would have rather just have them win two or three of those three games, uh, but it, it's not the end of the world. They still have a five-game lead on the Padres, and... Uh, and all is well. Corey Seager looks really good. Mookie Betts had the day off on Sunday, uh, which obviously uh, you're playing a little shorthanded there when you put, you know, for example, Kike Hernandez in the lineup instead of Mookie Betts. That's a big offensive hit, and they only lost by one run. So uh, I don't think anybody, even on the Rockies, has any illusions that the Rockies are better than the Dodgers. So uh, no harm, no foul. But like I said, Corey Seager looked really good. I'm excited to see what he can do the rest of the season. Uh, he's just been so hot, and and I'm starting to think it's not hot. I think he's just legitimately one of the best hitters in baseball, and we sometimes forget that he was his rookie year one of the best hitters in baseball, and then injuries have slowed him down the last few years. Uh, but it seems like the real Corey Seager is back. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the bullpen that unfortunately was a weak spot this weekend. And uh, again, I'm not I'm not happy that that happened, but uh, if the bullpen is going to implode, I'd rather have that happen before the postseason so they can kind of get a more realistic view. You know, I feel like maybe we have a more realistic view of of Jake McGee and Caleb Ferguson and, and some guys. Uh, and, you know, we'll just see what happens. But uh, Vince is going to talk about a few of them. Two I'm going to talk about are Blake Trinan and Brewster Gratterall, who have some similarities that... Uh, that unfortunately, you know, Gratterall has gotten better results. Trinan has struggled the last, uh, you know, recently, not the last few times, but he's had some recent struggles, including this weekend. 
And for me, the big difference, even when, when Trinan has been getting the results this year, the swing and miss hasn't been there. When he was the best relief pitcher in baseball two years ago, he was striking out over 11 batters per nine innings. And this year it's like in the sevens. And for a guy who throws as nasty stuff as he does, that is extremely low. And so I feel like they need to figure out how to get that swing and miss back for Trinan because we saw it in the game on Saturday, I believe it was. He just, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't working without the swing and miss guys are putting the ball in play and, and sometimes you need a strikeout, especially from a reliever, uh, a starter who doesn't average 11 strikeouts per nine is fine. Uh, even now to be a starter, you have to be close to eight or nine, but, uh, you don't have to be up in the 11 range, but for a reliever, there's times when you really need a strikeout. And if Blake Trinan is not missing the bats, that's, that's a problem. And so I, I'm hoping that they can figure out what it is. I don't know if it's a command thing because this stuff is still coming in hard. It's still moving well. So it could be as simple as command. And maybe that's something that he can flip a switch. Maybe there's something mechanical they can work on. Uh, but whatever it is, I feel like they need to get more swings and misses from Blake Trinan if he is going to be a key part of the postseason bullpen. Uh, and honestly, I feel the same about Brewster Gratterall, even though he's had more success for the most part, at least recently, he's still, you know, and I've talked about this before and, and some of the reasons why it might be without not having the long extension. He doesn't have the, the perceived velocity that uh, a world as Chapman has or whatever. Uh, but but whatever it is, I'm hoping that they can get a little bit more swing, swing and miss from Gratterall, too, uh, because it doesn't help to throw 100 if it looks like it's coming 96. Uh, and, and I think that's what's going on with Gratterall. I hope that he can keep up the results. And, uh, you know, I love Gratterall. I love watching him pitch. I love his attitude. I love everything. But when you see a guy throwing that hard, and, I mean, his strikeout rate is ridiculously low this year. And so when you see that happening, you you just kind of have to wonder how long it can last because – uh, I mean, his strikeout rate is 6.3, no, 4.3. Uh, last year, he struck out 9.3 per nine. This year, it's 4.3. He's pitched 14 and two-thirds in, innings before Sunday's game uh, and only has seven strikeouts. I mean, it is ridiculously low, low for a guy who throws 100, and uh, they need to figure that out because, uh, obviously, we want him to be a big part of this bullpen this year and going forward. And he's got to start getting more strikeouts if that's going to be the case. Um, you know, and all in all, it's not a doom and gloom weekend. They lost two out of three to the Rockies. Uh, but, you know, the Dodgers are still a very good team. Offensively, they hit four home runs on, on Sunday. You know, they just didn't quite get, you know, two of them were solo homers. Uh, didn't necessarily get the big hits with the guys on base when they needed to. They had a few double plays, including one really unlucky one, a line drive that Cody Bellinger hit right at Charlie Blackman. Uh, it had expected batting average of like 700. I mean, that's a hit almost all the time, drives in a run. Uh, instead, it was an inning-ending double play. You know, they So they definitely had some bad luck on balls in play, uh, not as an excuse, just as you know, explaining why it's not all doom and gloom and it's not a terrible situation to be in. So they now have a day off. Um, two little bits of news I want to cover really quick. Uh, Jock Peterson missed Sunday's game, and according to Dave Roberts, Jock might be out for a few days. All we know is it's some sort of family emergency, and so we're definitely sending along our thoughts and well wishes to Jock. Hopefully it's an emergency of the good kind. Uh, you know, that, that can happen when you have a pregnant wife. It could just be having a baby. Um, but, you know, 
the obviously it wouldn't be responsible to speculate and until we know any good news i'm going to be worried about jock and his family and and uh keep them in my thoughts the other bit of news is that joe kelly is getting close to returning uh as you recall when he does return he has to serve a five game suspension uh this week might be the time to do it they have today off monday and then they also have an off day on friday uh and so they have a quick three-game series with the D-backs and then a day off before the Astros come to town. And so that when Kelly is serving a suspension, they'll have to be down a, a man on the roster. And so a week with two days off might make sense for the time to do that because your other relievers can get more rest. And so uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Kelly activated uh, before Tuesday's game so he can start serving his suspension on Tuesday. Um, and that's all the real news. And, uh, you know, Vince is going to talk about Caleb Ferguson or yeah, Ferguson and Adam Kalerik and Will Smith had a really good weekend. So that's the plan with Vince. Uh, so I'm going to check out for now and I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Thank you again for listening to Locked On Dodgers. Uh, we were the number one baseball podcast on the Locked On Network again this week. And that's because you guys. Are, so I appreciate that. And Vince will be along in a minute. Hey, if you've got kids, it might be the time to ask them to cover their ears because we're going to talk about erectile dysfunction or ED. Usually we just brush it off and say things like I lost my mojo or I didn't have it today. had a long day at work. The Dodgers are losing and I wanted them to win. There's a lot of things to do, but with Roman, it is easy to talk about a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication will be there. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. You get a healthcare professional to help you find the best treatment plan, and if medication is appropriate, you'll get it shipped to you free with two-day shipping. Whole process is easy, straightforward, and discreet. As usual, go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnMLB and complete an online visit. ED used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with the healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnMLB today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnMLB. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnMLB. Keep it locked on Dodgers. Yo, Dodger fans, it's Vince Samperio, Chavez Vien Fiends, and I'm here to close out the episode. Thank you, Jeff, for holding it down in the first half. Let's get it started with our obscure former Dodger of the day. So, unfortunately, the Dodgers lost on Sunday, and the go-ahead home run came from the bat of Matt Kemp. Matt Kemp is not an obscure former Dodger because he's not obscure, but I went back to look at Matt Kemp's major league debut which was back in 2006 and went through the Dodgers lineup couple possible uh, choices for obscure former Dodger but I looked at the lineup of the other team that day the Nationals and I found a perfect obscure former Dodger and that's Marlon Anderson Marlon Anderson was a Dodger in 2006 after getting traded over from the Nationals. So later that year, uh, he actually took over late in the year for Andre Ethier in the outfield. He remained a Dodger in 2007, 
but lost playing time to Matt Kemp and some others. So he didn't make it through the year with the Dodgers, ended up going to the Mets. He's probably most known for his time with the Phillies. He also spent time with the Cardinals, uh, like I said, Mets, Nationals. And that's pretty much it in terms of Marlon Anderson's Dodger career. His biggest contribution has to be being one of the four Dodgers to hit home runs in the back-to-back-to-back-to-back night against the Padres back on September 18th, 2006. He actually had two home runs that night. He was 5-for-5 that night. His home run was the tying home run. And the final home run of that one inning, uh, it was 9-5 to start the inning, and then it ended up 9-9. And then, as we all know, no more went off to hit and went on to hit a walk-off in the 10th inning that would tie San Diego for the NL West title. So he has that big moment in Dodger history, ended up being pushed out by Camp Loney and Ethier to some extent. And the next year, went on to play with the Mets. After that, played in the Independent League, and that is it. Uh, Nothing too crazy about Marlon Anderson other than that. Uh, He will forever be memorialized, I suppose, uh, with that home run in the back-to-back-to-back-to-back game. So, yeah, that's our obscure former Dodger. I'm sure Jeff would have had a fun story or some kind of anecdote about Marlon Anderson uh, if it was anything in particularly crazy, I'm sure he'll bring it up on tomorrow's episode. All right, let's get into my part of the show. And I get to talk about a couple left-handers in the bullpen trending in different directions. And then talk a little bit about Will Smith before closing out the episode. So the first one, uh, I'll get with the bad first, and that's Caleb Ferguson. Caleb Ferguson... Gave up the home run to Matt Kemp on Sunday. That makes his last three appearances all having allowed a home run. His ERA went from .84 to 3.31 in his last three appearances. Not ideal. Giving up a lot of hits as well. He's given up eight hits in those last three appearances, which only total two two total innings. So not an ideal uh, you know, nothing really looks too different for Ferguson. I was trying to find maybe a little bit of an outlier. I don't see anything that's, you know, particularly shocking or revealing. It might just be a sense of some bad luck. Uh, the pitch to Matt Kemp wasn't that wasn't a bad pitch. Uh, Kemp went down and got it, but he did give up the, the single to Pilar before that. Yeah, to put the extra runner on base. So, you know, it's might be just a little bad stretch, which hopefully all that is. Uh, we had talked about how the bullpen was kind of going too good and that they were probably going to face a stretch like this. And maybe hopefully this series is all that that extent is, but it's very possible that could go on a little bit longer. Dave Roberts said that they're going to keep running Caleb Ferguson out there, so they're not concerned. But as we talked about, Last week is the last month is basically going to be a big audition for all the left-handers. You got Ferguson, Alexander, Kalerik, Alex Wood, and even maybe Julio Urias to some extent off kind of fighting for for a position as one of the left-handed relievers out of the pen in October. 
you know, obviously if Ferguson keeps struggling, then we're going to have to reevaluate. For now, I'm going to chalk it up to maybe just some bad luck against the against the Rockies and missing his pitches, uh, and hopefully that that's all it is. But we're going to have to keep an eye on it because we've seen Ferguson struggle before, and it wasn't that pretty. So I would imagine that uh, this won't be like that, but we'll see. On the flip side, we got Adam Kalarik, who has been pitching very well and has still yet to allow a earned run this season. Kalarik, who we had kind of pushed off to the side in favor of Scott Alexander and Kayla Ferguson, now seems to be the crown jewel of the left-handed relievers and a guy that you know you can go to to get right-handers and left-handers out. He threw an inning and a third over the weekend on Friday, came and got in a big out on Sunday, and you know he might be a guy that you're going to see in an increased role. We kind of mentioned how we would like to see more of him, and based on Scott Alexander being sent down, Ferguson struggling, and just, like I said, the overall audition for guys to see what they got before heading into October. can imagine that we're going to see Adam Cleric a lot more in the next couple weeks, and that's a good thing so far. If he, if he pitches the way he's been pitching, he's done very well getting, you know, we thought he was going to struggle with right-handers, but he hasn't really struggled uh, too much against them this year. He is complete domination against left-handers. He has a .045 batting average against, but even the right-handers, they have a .238 batting average against him, five and two-thirds innings, so not terrible. And obviously the runs haven't scored against him, so it, it hasn't hurt. Even if they've gotten on base, it hasn't hurt too much. Uh, so, yeah, Adam Cleric is doing a very good job and looking like the guy that, was a left, I mean, looking like the guy he was last year, uh, although now his ex- appearances are extended and facing the opposite hand. So look for Adam Kalerik to maybe get some more high leverage situations this weekend, uh, all along with another lefty who I failed to mention uh, right now is Victor Gonzalez, who is continuing to pitch his way into a bigger role and continuing to possibly make Jeff Snyder eat a shoe or at least lick a shoe uh, based on his overall value to the team. So Victor Gonzalez and Adam Kalerik are trending upward right now and Caleb Ferguson and obviously Scott Alexander are trending downward. Alex Wood, who I'm not in love with coming out of the pen anyways, uh, did give up a double on Saturday that doesn't help his case very much, uh, but I would imagine he's going to get more chances in the next month or so to see if he has any value out of the bullpen. So it's going to be a, a wild last few weeks here to try to figure out which guys they can trust and which guys they can trust, I guess, a little less. Uh, Dave Roberts would never say he can't trust any of his guys. So. All right, let's close it out with a positive, and that positive is Will Smith. We've talked about this a little bit before, and... Joe Davis certainly talks about it every time Will Smith is coming to the plate, and that's that it's been a bad luck, hard luck year for Will Smith so far. He has an average exit velocity of 94.3, which is very high, and, and one of the highest marks in the league if you lower the standard for uh, qualified hitters. 
and his expected batting average is 322. He's been hovering around the 180 to 200 mark. He's actually pushed it up, I believe, to around 250 right now after a, a nice hot weekend. Had a couple home runs this weekend. And seemingly the results of his hard hit is starting to uh, come out as actual hits. So if that continues along with his great eye and low chase rate, uh, Will Smith is, is kind of putting himself up there as one of the premier offensive catchers in baseball and can only really get better from now on, especially when some of these hits start normalizing and, and some of the peripherals start matching uh, the results. So it, it's exciting for Will Smith. He's hitting 348 with 826 slugging percentage over the last week with the 464 OBP. So he's OPSing way over 1,000 in that time frame. OPSing over a thousand in his last fifteen games, and OPSing near a thousand in his last thirty games. So all in all, he's he's having some great success. He's got, uh, you know, six home runs. He, he he's got the power. He's got the thump, and now he's starting to get some other balls to land. So it's nice to see that from Will Smith. It's you know he's an offensive force behind the plate, and him with Austin Barnes now, who's cooled off a little bit. But it's still been better than what he was when the year started. The Dodgers have a, a very strong catcher position once again. And uh, that's only going to serve them well as they continue to move forward. Will Smith's been able to climb the, in the lineup a little bit recently. And, that, and that's good to see. So, yeah, I'm excited about Will Smith. He is building on what he did last year. And although the numbers weren't supporting him early on this year in terms of batting average and things of that nature he's now kind of starting to match up and hopefully he continues to take that into the rest of the year and into october and hopefully the baseballs are juiced so where if he does hit a ball that looks like a home run that would win the game for the dodgers it actually goes over the wall this time and not caught at the wall but yeah other than that uh, all good on the will smith front and all good on our front. Uh, obviously, the Dodgers doing the series is not all good, but it was bound to happen, and I'd rather their first series loss come now than in the postseason. So we are just going to let it slide for now. The Dodgers do have the day off, as Jeff mentioned. Three more games against the Dimebacks, another random day off, two with the Astros, and then a series with the Padres, who are now five games back, if I'm not mistaken, with about 17 18 to play so you know not completely out of the woods yet although the dodgers would need a little bit of a collapse to kind of finish and, and lose the division uh, but it'd be nice to see these new look padres and see what the what they got against the dodgers and also obviously the astros first time at dodger stadium even though there's no fans i know there's i believe there's probably going to be a plane or something that rides around the stadium saying something um, I'm not sure what else is going to happen, but we'll, we'll see. And that's all we really got for this weekend. Um, thank you all for listening. As Jeff said, we were the number one podcast on the Locked On MLB family again, which hopefully we never relinquish that top spot. So you guys keep listening. Make sure to tell your friends and tell your family. Make sure to subscribe and download and listen and rate and review and all those things that help us because that can only be beneficial for you, uh, which means we get to keep going and we get to 
Keep enjoying doing this. We are on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vince Samperio. You can call and leave us a voicemail or shoot us a text at 323-863-5625 or shoot us an email, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us when you get in your car or if you're at home. Tell your smart device to play podcasts Locked On Dodgers, and remember, you don't have to agree, you just have to listen. Have a good one. D, I say D-O, D-O-D-G-E-R-S, the team that's all hard, all hard and all thumbs, they're my Los Angeles, your Los Angeles, our Los Angeles. Do you think we'll really win the pennant? Bye!